Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack, and today our guest is Adam Carswell. Adam is a real estate entrepreneur, LinkedIn power networker, new media marketing maverick, and known as the Voice of Liberty for his work hosting the Liberland Show, Liberland 5th Anniversary, and the Chicago Blockchain Real Estate Collective. His expertise in social marketing and network management set him apart from the crowd. And Adam is also a member of Raise Masters, the number one mastermind for elite capital raisers, and is a co-founder of the Next Level Mastermind. So welcome to the show, Adam. How are you doing today? Eileen, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for the warm intro. Very, as you, I've already communicated to you before I press record, very much looking forward to the focus of our conversation today. So ready when you are. Awesome. And like you mentioned, the focus of our conversation today is going to be webinar productions and how to make it the most effective as you're putting together uh, webinars for your investors and for your other in your network. And so definitely love to get and deep dive into this. Yeah, looking forward to it. And um, I actually had the the honor and, and privilege of speaking recently. I'm sure some of your listeners are familiar with Yona Weiss. Um, I just did a presentation at his meetup less than a month ago on the same topic. And it was awesome. So if I don't like hit on all the topics I hit on with Yona, <laughs> I'll make sure I get Eileen a link to uh, that presentation with Yona as well, guys. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And don't forget to check out Yona's podcast as well. He's a really awesome one too, to listen. Weiss advice. He is. He is. <laughs> I'd love to get started um, you know, by sharing a little bit, if you can, about your background and just how you got started in real estate. Yeah. I think a lot of us can... It's a cool way but at the same time, it's like, oh, you're another one of those guys. And what I mean is, yes, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad twice when I was, so I just turned 30 last month. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad twice, I think when I was 25. I joke with some with somebody I work with, who his name might come up later in the interview, but he's been in real estate for over 30 years. He's like, oh, you young guys and your Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He's like, we didn't have that back in my day. But um, that's when the light bulb first came on. I knew that after reading that, it just got me thinking a little bit more entrepreneurially in that I either wanted to focus on real estate or te- or technology. Funny enough, you know, fast forward about five years, I have a little bit of both of those things going on here. But um, yeah, that was my epiphany moment and just kept going down rabbit hole after rabbit hole. Guys, I'm sure your listeners can relate. You know, you start thinking that HGTV is all that, that there is to real estate and then you go, oh, wow, look at this. Oh, wow, look at this. And I know you guys are syndicating and working on multifamily deals, which is a perfect example of going down that rabbit hole. So that's a little bit about how I got into real estate. Oh, thank you for sharing, Adam. So let's deep dive into the webinar production. And as we're getting started, um, can you kind of go back into, you know, like who should be kind of putting together webinars and like what kind of messages are you trying to present with um, as you're putting together a webinar? Yeah, I mean, the unpopular and somewhat cliche answer as far as who should be putting together webinars really is is anyone, or I'd say anyone who maybe has a call to some form of like digital content creation, if you're thinking about podcasting or creating a YouTube channel or like building out your brand, I'm starting to think as I continue on my own webinar journey, that this is kind of like the hybrid version or the next level of that podcasting wave that we saw. Because what with webinars, you're really able to reach so much more people 
so many more people, whatever the right way to say that <laughs> the English, so many more people through webinars. And I can kind of go through some of those with you here today, but that did happen to me recently where I, we had like six people there and then the replay hit, you know, a few thousand on YouTube. We're like, okay, we'll keep doing this. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like you said, it's, a, it's going back to having that residual content where people can always go back and revisit it, you know, cause not everybody will have time to kind of attend at that time or something like that during the scheduled time period. But if they're able to go back and rewatch it, um, I think it's pretty valuable. Right. And and one other thing that we love to do too, and this is more, more so um, we'll get some plugs in here for you guys. But if you go to my website, carswell.io, you can see there's plenty of like webinar action on there. We call them next level webinars. And I'll cast this vision into the future. Thank you, Eileen, for helping me. We want next level webinars to become the TED Talks of webinars one day. And so um, with when you're done with that final piece of content, what a lot of people always forget, and you can do this with podcasts too, is either do it yourself or find someone on like Upwork or Fiverr who will go through it and chop up those little bite-sized pieces of content. And then all of a sudden you've got one to two weeks worth of content from one presentation. So I know you've got, it looks like you got some more questions for me, so I'll shut up, but I had to get that one in there. (laughs) No, no. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because it's repurposing, being able to repurpose your content and using it and then being able to, you know, like you said, uh, use it for, you know, several times and then being able to share little bite-sized pieces. Maybe somebody might not be able to listen to the full episode or, or watch the full webinar, but they'll able to get bits and pieces of things where that might be interesting to them. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's really the secret to driving traffic to the full replay is dropping the little nuggets and then making sure you either say, Hey, do you like this? DM me for the full link, or you just put the link in the description, whatever is more preferable for you as the creator. So as you're looking to go to put together your webinar, what are some of the main things that you should be kind of focusing on in terms of like structure and maybe a little bit, you can talk to a little bit about like the technical side of things, like what kind of things do we need? Sure. And I'll, you know, I might even, I'm going to see if I can do this while we're here on the interview. Cause I have a nice little, uh, oh, there it is. Got it in the hyperlink or in the, you know, you type it in on the URL and hopefully it pops up right away. I got it. So there's a process and a cadence to our webinars, our next level webinars. And uh, this is what I want to really share with you guys. And again, I'll make sure I get my that replay link that I did at Yona's meetup to Eileen. But this is what we've found to like really create an experience. You're not just going to another webinar. If you come to a next level webinar, it's going to be different. We're going to have right out of the gate, make it clear. We're going to have fun, right? So one of the most important things to do is you definitely have to make sure you schedule some type of sound check before you go live. And I think a lot of us, even if we're doing our first webinar, we might think this process through, but just want to make sure we've got our mind there. So you schedule the sound check for either 30 minutes to 15 minutes before the main webinar. So that way you normally as the host, I'm going to be speaking from a host perspective here as the host, you can walk through your guest or your presenter on how they can, on what they can expect, what we're about to get into. I also like to have a co-host. If you guys check out next level webinars, you'll see normally I have my friend Fletcher Wheaton co-hosting with me, both members of the next level mastermind, as you mentioned, Eileen. And so Fletcher and I will hop on this pre-call. We'll have our, um, our, our guest there. Blessed to have an amazing intern on my team named Aaron Eiler, who you know introduced him to the guest as well. So that way, as the guest is going through their presentation, we say, hey, if you ever need someone to hyperlink to something while you're talking, just say, hey, Aaron, pull this link. So if you guys can find someone who's going to be like your comments manager, oh man, that like takes the professional level to a whole new level. And normally if you find someone who likes you enough, like you can get someone to do it for free. You don't have to pay someone you know, however much to do this. 
And then, so you're like, okay, so this is what it's going to be like as we get into this webinar. Always stress that reminder at the beginning is like, remember, even if we get into this room and there's eight people in there, if you set it up through, a, we'll use Zoom webinar as the main example here. On Zoom webinar, if you're an attendee, you can't see how many other people are in there. The only people that can see how many are in there are the, the hosts and the panelists. So keep in mind, be like, hey, you know, as the hosts and the panelists, we're the only ones who can see who's in here. Maybe there will be a small amount that show up, but just remember, we are going to present ourselves as though thousands are watching. Just keep that in mind. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> now, um, when you enter into the beginning of a webinar, this is where I think, I don't want to say people make a lot of mistakes, but this can really help you is, hey, this is like, we're in this kind of new digital age and everyone at some point has experienced technical difficulties with Zoom or comments or like you name it. So don't put the pressure on yourself as soon as you hit go live to think that you have to be like talking right away. If anything, like once you hit go live, you can kind of be like, Hey, like guys, what's going on? Happy to see you all coming in here and the small talk with the, your co-host or your guests and be like, you know, I'm just setting a few things up here. We're getting ready to go live. Like people like that. It's real. It's authentic. So just don't kill yourself about making mistakes within the first few minutes of your presentation, I guess is what I'm saying. Be sure to sprinkle some music in there too, if you can. Zoom, if you go to share screen and then I think a lot, I didn't even know this until like a month ago. If you go to share screen and then over to advanced, you can just share computer sound. You don't have to like share your whole screen in order to share sound. They've had that for a while and I don't, I don't know how I didn't just figure it out. But so that's a little nugget for you. First few minutes, break the ice, as I mentioned, warm up the audience, introduce your guest, have your guest give the main presentation. We like to market our webinars as 45 minutes, kind of a little trick because they always end up going an hour. But when you can market it as a 45 minute event, people are going to be more inclined to register because it's like, oh, it's not even a whole hour. I'll sign up for that. And normally when somebody joins and they've gone through enough with you, like normally people don't schedule stuff on a 45 minute mark anyway. So they're going to end up hanging out with you for like an hour. So market them as 45 minute events. We found that to be successful. As I mentioned, the main presentation, you want it to be anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes, save at least 10 minutes for Q&A, preferably 15, because getting the audience to engage is one of the most probably underrated pieces of a presentation as well especially when you go back to do those bite-sized clips. And Eileen, I know I've been talking a lot, but I'm, I'm almost done here. <laughs> so when you get those when you get those interactions with the audience, those are golden for those bite-sized clips after you're done that we talked about, because then you get people to like go back and look at, oh, I remember when I asked that question and they just become so much more a part of what you're doing. So that's the essence. You obviously want to close it down, give yourself at least five minutes to close. And then one little secret, one little nugget that we do that I haven't seen anyone else do this, but I'm sure someone else has is you incentivize your audience that was live. You know, you got to talk to your guest about this in advance. Say, hey, for those of you who are with us here live, thank you so much. We're actually going to do a breakout session with Eileen after we're done. So you have to go, or if you're with us on the replay, thank you for being here with us. We are going to get a chance for you to, you know, come up here and get to network and meet Eileen a little bit. So thank you for being here. And you'll always, and maybe I shouldn't say always, but very often get a lot of people who will want to meet the rock star of the day, which would be you. So that's the essence of a next level webinar. Thank you for letting me lay it all out there. I'm sure you got some questions. Take it away. <laughs> um, yeah, no, those are really great tips. And thank you so much for really outlining it very clearly on how to set up the structure and everything like that for the webinars. One of the things that you mentioned was during the Q&A section, should you just have, be having like one person asking the questions or is it like a bounce back between you and the co-host? Yeah, great catch. And again, if you uh, kind of check out some of what we've done, it is a little bit of a bounce back and you want to be on the same page with your co-host. So again, 
I'd recommend finding, and, you know, in your case, maybe your husband or like someone who you're just close with, you know, you guys can operate on the same page. And Fletcher and I will do, for example, is we'll be messaging each other while either the guest is presenting or while they're answering another question, like, okay, you ask the next one or, oh, somebody just typed in a question. You ask that next one. Or, okay, you got that one and I'll take the next one. So you do get that back and forth and um, it just comes across more natural if you can yeah, message back and forth with your co-host, but you could always just do it out loud too. Like, hey, Fletcher, you want to take the next one? So yeah, great question. And do you have any tips on how to increase the level of engagement with your live audience members? Yeah, where they're from, because for whatever reason, it's really, I guess it's an easy thing for people to do. They don't mind doing it normally. And uh, I'm sorry, it looks like my connection cut out there for a second. But yeah, asking people their name, where they're from. And then I like to like spice it up a little bit. And we'll always ask like, what's your favorite ice cream or flavored Dorito or like favorite movie? <laughs> or, like, you know, just something to get people to laugh a little bit. But you want to probably, you know, you want to make notes throughout your presentation or throughout the, yeah, throughout the presentation to continuously remind the audience to just say hi. <laughs> And also give them a chance to respond. Sometimes when you're presenting, one second feels like five seconds. Mm -hmm. So definitely, you know, people might not have their chat box pulled up yet. Give them a moment. But that's those are some things to keep in mind as well. Okay. And then also I had another question is going back to like the Q&A section. Do you guys typically prepare questions ahead of time? And then like what happens if the audience doesn't have any questions? And man, this is a very good one to just to be prepared for it. And I heard this the other day. This is completely random, but I want to share it with you guys. We'll go back. But I heard the other day when you're presenting, if you think you're being excited, you're you're probably not being excited enough for your audience to be really engaged. So I hope you guys are engaged with me now. I'm going to go back to answering this question. <laughs> you want to have some preset questions or you at least want to be on the same page as your co-host to be like, hey, you take the first few because even as a host or a co-host, you're allowed to be inquisitive too. Normally, whoever you bring on, you're going to have questions for them too. And so you just say something like, hey guys, you know, the questions are coming through. Don't be afraid, you know, use the chat box or you can punch in the Q&A, whatever as the host, whatever you prefer. I think people are, people like using the chat box more, but if you have a big audience, the Q&A can be more organized. So that will be up to you, but yeah, encourage people and say, you know, we got some questions coming through. You could say if you're streaming it on like Facebook or YouTube simultaneously, which Zoom makes it very easy to do that. If you haven't tried that, please try it. It's not that hard. And that way it also adds a level of credibility for whoever's like watching the replay, they'll be like, oh, wow, this was not only on Zoom, this was streaming live somewhere else. Like, that's cool. But yeah, have a few preset questions. Absolutely. And then um, if you end up not getting any as you're presenting, like just roll with the punches. Trust me, people at the end of the day, people are not going to notice that as much as a host as you would think they would. So. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Yeah, no, that's great tips. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> My pleasure. 
And so then also, as you're having the conversations with the guests, and then as you're getting them the questions and everything like that, like, how do you control the how the pace of the um, presentation is going? Um, you know, sometimes the guests might, you know, go over longer time periods that been allotted for the presentation, um, or they'll spend a little bit longer on a question than than was anticipated. Like, how do you go back and kind of, you know, take control of that and making sure that, you know, you're um, keeping within the time period and um, that webinar was allocated for? Yeah. Oh, man, this as a host or a producer or event manager of any sorts, this is like <laughs> the ultimate uh question of, man, I wish I had the right answer for you. What I would recommend is um, you do, you are, you and your co-host, if you have one, are going to have to keep in mind, like you guys are traffic, traffic cops and you, you have to not be afraid to like say what needs to be said to keep the show rolling. And normally whoever, and when you're in this situation, I'll give an example in a second, but like people will, people will respect that if you kind of make a comment about, Hey, we only have time for one or two more questions or, um, you know, you say we only have five to 10 minutes left. As you say that you might be afraid that you're offending someone, but people will take it as like, oh, they're doing their job. Thank you. So as an example, we've definitely had presentations that, as I mentioned, 30 minutes for a next level webinar presentation time is really about the cap. Once I've had a few go over and, or even like you said, long-winded answers, you just have to make that statement. You have to say, okay, we have about blank, blank left. And once you start putting the time on something, or once you start saying we have enough time for two more questions, the audience, the guest speaker, the pre presenter, everyone will, will get it. So I guess that's the key is really just not being afraid to voice what's important when it comes to time. So Adam, as you're coming close to the webinar, you want your guests to feel leave that webinar feeling like, man, that was the best webinar I've ever been to. Like, I'm going to remember this one. Are there any other tips or any other advice that you would give to be able to allow the guests to walk away feeling that? Yeah, I think I touched on them, but I definitely would love to, to reiterate it. And it's crazy. Obviously, what's in the middle is probably the most valuable part as far as what everyone's going to learn. But the beginning and the end are where you can really stand out. And what I mean by that is at the beginning, remember, not stressing yourself out too much. If like things aren't going right at the very beginning, just be like, hey, guys, we're live. You know, we're getting this set up. So being authentic. And then I heard some quote or whatever. It's like nine out of the top 10 most watched videos on YouTube are music videos. So if you can incorporate music just to the intro, it could even be before you press record. Because you might actually want to consider incorporating music before you press record because they're doing all these crazy copyright things now. But if you have uncopyrighted music, who cares? Either way, if you can have a little bit of music at the beginning, that like warms people up in a way that is almost unexplainable and they will remember it. So a little bit of music at the beginning, if you can get it in there. And then that breakout session, those breakout sessions at the end, most, I don't think that's not the industry standard yet is, okay, we're going to end the recording now. And you get to hang out with the star of the day. Again, I'm sure someone else out there has probably done it before, but we've just found like, oh man, that's the one part when we go live, people like really look forward to that at the end. And by the way, you don't really mention that. Uh, this is kind of a key piece too. You don't mention that you're going to do the breakout session until like right before you hit Q&A, just because you do want to make sure that whoever's that you want to say that to the people that have stuck with you through the whole presentation. You don't want to say it at the beginning. So 
beginning and end hacks to make it better. Is those that's what I would advise. Oh, that's nice. It's like giving them a little dessert at the end of the meal. It's an appetizer and dessert. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> so, Adam, what is next for you? What are you next focused on? Yeah, this has been very like I, I feel like my I wouldn't say 180. I don't know what the right word is. I've had a lot of changes recently that have been amazing and. You know, I embarked on a mission at the beginning of 2021 to produce 52 webinars this year. And I mean, we're somewhere close to like halfway there. What's ended up happening is some of those webinars that I'm producing now are actually not next level webinars, but webinars that we do to promote and drive traffic and bring awareness to raise masters, which as I mentioned is the number one mastermind for elite capital raisers. So I'm doing those webinars with Hunter now. So basically next level webinars clearly for 2021 is and was my baby. But after going deep with Hunter, we were like, dude, what we're sitting on right now, we need to figure out both on my end and on his end, a way to transfer our energy and put more of it into raise masters. And so you guys will see here moving out through the rest of the year, next level webinars, which were being produced on a weekly basis, it's probably going to scale back to a little bit more to like one or two per month, but there will still be pretty close to a webinar per week. And that other webinar is now going to be the raise masters webinar. Normally on Wednesdays, we are doing this presentation. So if you can follow the link that I did send over to Eileen and Eileen, I already said, we'd love to have you join in the next one and just get a feel for what we're doing. But guys, what I've learned from Next Level Webinar has been able to transfer here over into Raise Masters, and we're having a great time with it. And it's, again, number one mastermind for elite capital raisers. And we would love to have you as a member over there as well. Oh, appreciate that, Adam. And so how has real estate investing impacted your life so far? Real estate investing has impacted my life mainly. Well, my biggest takeaway from being in the commercial real estate investment space is the amount of people like yourself, Eileen, that I've gotten to meet that like, I don't know another industry that's more relationship driven than this one. And if you can't tell already, I love getting to know new people and networking is just like my middle name. I'm actually writing a book on it right now. Stay tuned for that. I think if you just probably go to my website and find a way to stay connected with me, you'll get updates on the book. But And I got to drop the name for you too. It's Prepare for Impact, How to Win Friends and Influence People in the Digital Age, co-authoring with my buddy, Austin Linney and being published by Anthony Vecino. Anyways, <laughs> that's why I love this space. I think the question was, what have you enjoyed the most about real estate investing? How has that impacted your life? How has it impacted my life? So that, the way it's impacted my life is I've just made these connections and gotten to know people that I would have never gotten to. And meeting all of these people that in my opinion were have been and were like at a much higher level than me. At age 30, I've like cut five to seven years off of my growth curve, I'd say, if I just tried to do all of this on my own. And then, as I mentioned, shout out to Hunter Thompson. I met him four years ago when he was a guest on a podcast and I just reached out to him and somehow we hit it off and you know, we're doing the mastermind. We've got another program that, that we coach and that we teach, which is really how we first got started. So it's been amazing. That's what I love about it. <laughs> yeah. I would like to reiterate the relationship piece of it. You never know who you're going to meet in this business. Exactly. Exactly. So what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? I think kind of alluded to this earlier in the interview. And and I think this is just like, it has to be, this is just the way it is. I wish I would have known more about just the commercial space in general. I wish I would have known how quote unquote easy it is to get into multifamily or 
you know, mobile home park investing or like any of these like asset classes that we always hear about self-storage, even someone else who I work very closely with, his name is Michael Flight. You guys can check out our website, libertyfund.io. It's the world's first triple net lease security token. Like triple net lease assets, I had no idea what the heck that was four or five years ago, but I feel like if I would have started out in that circle, um, it elevates your credibility. It elevates your awareness and a knowledge of what's possible. It gives you way more options as far as diversifying your portfolio. If you so choose, like I just named all those different asset classes until you like take that red pill or whatever, you just think it's all HGTV <laughs> and there's just so many more opportunities. So I, again, I, I'm trying to remember the specific answer, but that's the question. But I hope that answer does it justice. Oh, yeah. No, thank Yeah. Especially with everything being on TV, you know, there's more than just the house flipping, which is a great place if that's something that you're interested in. But outside of real estate, there's so much more too. And it, let's be clear on that. So I know so many people that are like, look at these uh, numbers and the results on flipping houses compared to if I was doing a syndication right now, like there's still good money <laughs> either way, but you just might not know about all of it. And that's the key is like just being aware. So. And what is one thing that sets the successful people apart in the real estate investing business? The one thing that sets people apart in the real estate investing space, I'm going to just give what's coming to me top of mind. And I know that this is not the only answer. So anyone who (laughs) is not sympathetic to this answer, please know I'm not saying this is the only way, but Podcasting, if you, especially if you are a an operator, a syndicator, capital raiser, and you're new to the space. I mean, like I think if you've been in this game for like 30 plus years and you were here before Rich Dad Poor Dad, you might be able to even get away with like the Gmail address and like no one cares. But if you're in this like new generation and you're trying to create a name for yourself, you gotta create a name for yourself. You have to create a platform. You got it. Like, I know it feels like everyone has a podcast, but the thing is not everyone keeps on podcasting. And that's where you have the opportunity to stand out, add value to your listeners, to your investors, let them get to know you. That That's my thing is content creation and podcasting is the one thing I think that really sets apart elite capital raisers, syndicators, operators from the others. And are there any tools or techniques that you've used to improve the efficiency of your business or your personal life that you can share? Oh man. The answer is yes. Obviously it's which ones tools and tech. So I'll I'll give three uh, tools that have just saved me tons and tons of time. We'll start with one of the obvious ones, but not everyone has this installed or set up yet. So please, I mean, you're going to save yourself so many hours when you look back on it, Calendly or schedule once. If you don't have some kind of like automated system from a scheduling perspective, like you're just, please do it. Please do it. It's going to help you out. Um, two, this is like a really big secret. I feel like I don't tell enough people this one and it's so simple and it helps a lot with email tracking. Uh, I do think you have to use Google Chrome for it. But if you've never heard of this app called MixMax, we use MixMax at ASIM Capital and for Raise Masters and for everything I mentioned with Hunter. It allows you to, I mean, you create templates with ease. So that way, if you're sending out more than one message, it's just from a template perspective, saves so much time. And then the other cool thing is like, Eileen, if I wanted to, I could very easily spy on you. I could see how many times you <laughs> opened the message. I could see what time you opened it. I could even see what city you were in when you opened it through MixMax. And I think there's a free version of it, guys. So don't tell anyone you heard it here. <laughs> and then the last thing, I guess it wouldn't necessarily be a tool, uh, but the power of Hunter and I will go back and forth on this. And I've definitely learned this, these theories from him. There's two like single most lucrative skills in the world. 
And one is being able to snap your fingers and make capital appear. And two is learning and perfecting the art of delegation, figuring out as a business owner or a leader, or even if you're a passive investor with your time, how to offload as much of those tasks that you know you shouldn't be doing and hire or delegate someone else to do it for you so you can do what you were called to do more, which ultimately makes everyone around you better. So hiring a VA or an EA executive assistant will just, in ways I can't explain it, will change your life. And you can do it by starting small. For example, I'll just use my my assistant, Rena, as an example. She started by just managing my email list for like 30 or $35 a month. She would send out a newsletter a month. We built trust. We built rapport and started giving her more tasks, started paying her a little bit more. And now it's at a level where it's like anyone who interacts with me knows Rena because she's like right there. So you don't have to do it big. You can start small. And if you want a reference, please remind me, Eileen, I have uh, Rena, her mentor's website, who also mentors other VAs, just like Rena, who's again, been amazing for me. And I know how hard finding a VA is. So there you go, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing, Adam. I know like you dropped a ton of golden nuggets in this episode, especially with the webinar production and all the different techniques that we can be utilizing in creating the best webinar that we can. And then all the tools and techniques that you've shared with us today, I think that is probably game changer stuff <laughs> that like everybody can start implementing. And those are pretty simple ones that they can just start implementing today, you know? And so definitely if you can please provide the best place to reach you and to learn how to learn more about what you do, you know, the math mastermind when is your book coming out that'd be wonderful yeah yeah so i mean I'll, I'll lead with the book part and just say we are still writing it we're still working on it but you guys hearing this now are some of the first audience to really hear we, we're not talking about it publicly a whole lot so you guys are some of the first to hear it so please if you would like i'm going to say this right now if you would like one of the first copies of the book we will drop it to you free if you tell them that, that you heard us here on this show you can send an email to nextlevel at carswell.io and you will get a free copy of Prepare for Impact, How to Win, Front, Win Friends and Influence People in the Digital Age. Two, if you want to get on my mailing list or check out Next Level webinars, as we discussed, you can go to carswell.io. It's C-A-R-S-W-E-L-L.io. Um, there's also all my social media links. And if you send a message there, uh, I know I just gave you an email, but if you want to contact me directly, there's a message form on there. They go through to me. And then last piece, as I mentioned, we're so energized for Raise Masters. I, I can't explain it. I guess the way I said that wasn't very energized. We are so energized, guys, for the future of Raise Masters. And we would love to have all of you capital raisers or operators out there come join us. You can go to raisemasters.com. And the reason why I say both is because that's what we need, right? We either need deal flow or we need capital. And we're providing a platform that's uniting those two in a way that we're confident really hasn't been done this way before. And we'd love to have you with us. Uh, we're 45 members and counting right now. That's all I got for you, Eileen. That was raisemasters.com. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Adam. I really appreciate all of your time today. Yep. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Really appreciate it as well. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate. We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.